0: You're listening to Sermon Audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. Well, it's exciting to be in Luke chapter number one this morning. In just a moment, we're going to dive into the message. We're concluding a series this morning. Jesus, God's greatest gift. And we have been talking about... Different uh, people or groups of people in the Christmas story. Discussing what they can teach us, what we can learn from them. Uh, The first week we talked about Simeon and how he waited for the promise of God. He received that promise and he, 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 he was fulfilled. He knew his life had meaning as he found that promise. And we too are waiting many times for that promise. And from the promise from heaven coming soon to this earth. And then also we discussed the uh, shepherds and how that they found out that Jesus is the answer and they found him as he first found them, then they found Jesus. And we too can learn from them that Jesus is the answer to any problem, any difficulty we have. We just need to find him and find the answer. And then we discussed last week the wise men and how they overcame barriers to get to Jesus. And all of us, find ourselves sometimes in situations that aren't very comfortable in the Christian life, but we overcome those barriers for the joy that is set before us, the Lord Jesus Christ and all of His glory. And we find that in Him. And then today we're going to discuss Mary. In just a moment, we're going to read the text and learn from Mary and some of the lessons that she taught us in this great passage of Scripture. It's a powerful passage. Around Christmas time, it's wonderful to read the Bible. And to read the Christmas story even over and over again, especially on Christmas morning to your family. So we're going to do that today. But before that, I want to introduce the message by singing a song that has to do with Mary and some of the things that uh, will, will connect to the text. So enjoy the song, and then we'll preach God's word. What we're going to learn from Mary today, like we've learned from the others, really is not so much about how great Mary is but it was the fact that Mary was close to Jesus, she was, because of her relationship with Christ, because of her proximity to Christ, she became significant, like all of us here this morning. And there's nothing great about Simeon or the wise man of the shepherds or even Mary, aside from the fact that Jesus Christ, and this is what we learned from Mary today, is Lord of Lords. We're going to learn that Mary learned how to surrender to the Lord as the Lord of her life you know when you hear that word surrender sometimes we associate it with like you know the police right you know come out with your hands up surrender or maybe in the military it might be you know the raising the white flag surrendering and we have this kind of worldly context sometimes that we associate the word with surrender with but you know the big battles that are going on today in the world are not really those The big battles are going on inside of us. There's an internal battle, spiritual warfare that all of us experience. And so when we talk about the the surrender this morning, let's do this. Let's decide right now in the introduction of the message that we are going to make it personal. This is surrendering our lives. Me, you, personally surrendering to God. So the question then would be, are there some areas, and identify at least one. Are there some areas in your life that you really need to give God control of this morning? It's an area maybe that you're you're holding back. You're wrestling with God over this particular thing. And I'm going to ask you this morning to learn something from Mary. And that is to surrender. Mary is exemplary in this matter of surrender. And so let's read the text, shall we? Luke chapter 1. It's a great text. It's a powerful text. It begins in verse number 26. I'll have it on the screen, but you can follow along in the word as well. It says in verse 26, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O oh favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, And she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary then said to the angel, Well, how will this be since I am a a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment that was spoken to her from the Lord. Now let me begin by saying we do not worship Mary. And I say that because where I have come from in my religious background would have been somewhat of a worship of Mary. I would have been, it would have been nothing for me around this time of the year to to, to say what we called affectionately the rosary and Hail Mary, full of grace. It was almost as if, not even realizing it, we had elevated Mary to where Jesus was and even sometimes maybe higher. It was as if we could ask Mary to forgive us of our sins because she was more tender and more likely to forgive us of our sins than God the Father would. I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, was born again, began to study the Scriptures and realized that Mary was, 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 was nowhere to be compared to Jesus. Mary was a sinner like the rest of us. Mary had issues and problems and struggles and she was greatly troubled. And, and we see even in the text that, that she was not significant apart from the grace of God. So in my past, there would have been a tendency to, to overemphasize Mary, but I think there's also a danger in underemphasizing Mary. I still think there is great significance, though we do not worship Mary, Mary is an important and significant person, and we do respect her. And we can benefit from her godly example, from this very godly woman. And so this morning, I'm so grateful today to have a greater understanding over the years of who Mary is and the significance that she has in this incredible story in this Advent season. I want you to notice three things quickly about Mary in my introduction. First of all, we see this about Mary, that she had God's favor. She had God's favor. We see it over and over again in the text. Look in verse 28, it says, and he came to her and said, this angel said, greetings. Not, not hail Mary, more like hello Mary. Hey Mary, you know, we might say it, what's up Mary, how you doing? You know, I mean, it was a greeting. He, he greets Mary and the angel then says, oh favored one, the Lord is with you. Think about that just for a moment, oh favored one. We favor people for a lot of different reasons and not for the reasons for which Mary was favored. We favor people oftentimes because we like them. We favor them because uh, they have influence. We favor them maybe for what they can do for us. Maybe how they can enhance our lives. But in this story, God shows favor to someone. It's not because of anything in them. Mary did not earn God's favor she had favor because of God's grace what is grace grace is unmerited favor you can't earn it and you don't deserve it Mary was favored because of the grace of God and you and I We'll be favored if we are favored because of the grace of God. Not because, as we've already said, we're significant, we're special. We have anything to offer. No, we haven't earned this grace. It is given to us as a gift from God. And how thankful we can be for that. And I love verse 48 where Mary says, Mary says, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, generations will call me blessed. Now pay close attention to that because it almost sounds as if if you're not careful that that could be interpreted as some sort of a command that Mary is commanding all of us to call her blessed because of who she is. That's not it at all. It's not what the text is saying. It's not a command. It's just a simple stated fact that to be chosen to bear the very Son of God into this world is an incredible blessing. If you are a... Woman or a mother, and you have had the privilege of giving birth to a child, what a blessing that is. Can you imagine to have been chosen by God to be the one who would bear in bring into this world the very Son of God? What a blessing. And that was confirmed in Elizabeth's thoughts of the whole situation in Luke one, verse forty two, where scripture says that she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. Why did Elizabeth say, blessed are you among women? Because blessed is the fruit of your womb. You're blessed because God has chosen you to bring His Son into the world. What a blessing that must have been. And then we see in Luke chapter 1, again verse 31. Behold, you will conceive in your womb. Just put yourself in this situation, ladies. Can you imagine what Mary must have been thinking? You are going to bear a son. You're a virgin. You're going to call his name Jesus. And then this prophet, or this prophetic statement from the angel in verse 32, he will be great. He'll be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and I love this, he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. It just feels like saying amen right there. Amen. And might he reign and rule in our hearts today. She was favored because of God's... She bore God's son. It's interesting in this story that we see this supernatural birth. Jesus was born of a virgin. And it doesn't just say it once in this particular text three different times two from the angel one from Mary and in Luke chapter 1 verse 27 we see to a virgin in Luke 127 later on in the verse and the virgin's name was Mary and then Mary herself said in verse 34 how shall this be since i am a virgin now for just a moment church understand that this was god becoming man there is the the, the fatherhood in this was bypassed so that clearly it could be a supernatural birth. Mary had God's favor. Mary literally bore God's son. And thirdly, Mary believed God's word. She believed his word. Now we're moving closer to application in our own lives. And this is where we really need to pay close attention to make it personal as we move into how it applies to us today in 2020. Notice in verse 45, it says here, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What a phenomenal statement. She believed because of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Here is a woman. Who did not question or fight or resist or rebel or run or refuse. She just believed. She took God at his word. God said this and she believed it. So many good things happen to us when we just believe God's word. In fact, what I've noticed is the best things that have ever happened to me are the decisions that I made to obey God's word. Every time. The best things that ever happened to me came when I did exactly what God said. In whatever area that applies to. Financially, when I obey God's word in in my finances, it, it always works out. It's not always easy. doesn't mean there's difficulties. It just means at the end of it all, God isn't intending to hurt me from obeying his word, but to help me. When I've obeyed God in my relationships with my wife, with my church family, my friends, my children, when I've just obeyed God and what He says, what His instruction is, what His wisdom is, it always works out. The best decisions I've ever made have been to obey God's Word because it always turns out. God says that if you'll do what I say to do, you'll be blessed. It'll always turn out great. Let me share three facts with you about God's Word just to encourage you about His Word. Number one, I can assure you His Word is, first of all, reliable. It's reliable. You don't ever have to make a decision or worry about making a decision if it's in the Bible. You never have to worry about getting hurt from that decision. Secondly, it's clear. It's very clear. God's Word is clear. It's interesting to me that... Oftentimes the argument is, I just don't understand it. But people that say it's not clear say that because they don't like what it says. Because it's very clear. God's Word is reliable. God's Word is clear. And God's Word is convicting. Oh, man. You know, it's amazing. But as I study the passages that I speak on from Sunday to Sunday, I, way before I'm in this place... I am already under deep conviction about the truth. This morning we're talking about surrender. Trust me, I have already been dealing with things that I'm holding on to. Knowing that I'm about to stand and preach surrender when there's some things that I'm struggling with. So conviction is already set in to this preacher. I can assure you of that. It is convicting prayerfully. You've already experienced some of that conviction in this service as well. And it comes from the Holy Spirit of God. It's a supernatural conviction. It's real and it's life-changing. And this morning we should be convicted by the example that Mary sets in the area of surrender. And we can imitate her example. Just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 1. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. We can look at her example. You know, I'm thankful today for the examples that God has put in my life. I'm grateful for the people that God has placed in my life by His grace to show me an example that I can look at and follow as they follow Christ. I've, I've learned to do that in, in the area of even, even my marriage. I've mentioned uh, families that have given me wisdom from their experience of raising children. The Scripture is so clear about the older women to teach the younger women and the older men to teach the younger men and how each of us need to look to those who God's placed in our lives to be an example to us. We see that example in mary i want to focus now on what i believe to be the best verse in the entire passage at least to me it summarizes everything that god is trying to teach us about mary's life and it's found in verse number 38. this is mary's response to surrender and i want you to notice in the text as we read it i want you to notice this it's interesting that 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 mary didn't say hey uh, excuse me mr angel or miss angel or whoever it was could i Uh, Just take about an hour, pray about it, and then get back with you. Look what it says. Mary said, behold, I am the Lord's bond, May it be done to me according to your word. And I love the last phrase in that verse, and the angel departed from her. Almost as if the angel was saying, oh, she's got it. Now I can go on to the next person I'm trying to get to surrender. It, it, and I'm not saying that's why he departed, but it sure sounds as if or seems as if there was this response from the angel that once Mary had surrendered, he knew his work was done. This verse speaks of Mary's lifelong surrender to being completely surrendered to God. And there's so much freedom in surrender. I challenge you this morning to identify again right now an area in your life where you are holding on to something, wrestling with God about something, struggling with an issue, a situation, a relationship where God has made it clear what He wants you to do, but you're staring Him down. And you've been staring Him down for a while. And you might as well give that up because there's... Listen, if you're staring God down, it's probably time to quit staring because He's not. His eyes aren't even watering yet. He, he, he's, 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 he's not going to stop seeking after you and and you fulfilling His will until you let go and let God surrender that which you're fighting Him over submit, surrender, embrace what God has for you. Back to Luke chapter 1 verse 38 I want you to notice four things we learned from this four different ways that Mary surrendered. First of all, she surrendered when it was difficult again the verse says that Mary said, behold the Lord's bondservant there's a difference between a slave and a servant. Because a, a, a servant has input, but a slave has no input. It, it's, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? How, how do you want me to jump? No inp- input from a bond servant. It's just simply doing what God says. And that's why she said, be it unto me according to your word. It was difficult, but the virgin birth was difficult. There was misunderstandings. There was a lot of false accusations. Mary, knowing all of that, said, be it unto me according to your word. You know what I've noticed about surrender? There is much joy in surrender. When you just let go and quit fighting and let God take over the situation, it is amazing the release and the joy that comes over you. How many times have I remained Miserable because of my refusal in my heart to surrender what God has allowed to happen in my life. God allowed it. I didn't accept it. And until I surrendered, I was miserable. Can I remind you that God is a good God? God is a loving God. He just wants to get glory from our lives and whatever He has allowed in our lives. But all of that flows in this matter of surrender. Number two, she surrendered when there, when it was difficult. Secondly, she surrendered when there were doubts. No doubt Mary had questions. Mary uh, was struggling, wrestling with God. I'm sure she had to pray it through. We see even in verse 29 that she was greatly troubled at the saying. She tried to discern what sort of greeting it might be. And then in verse 34, it says that she said, how will this be since I am a virgin? No doubt Mary struggled and you will struggle, and you will have doubts, and I will have doubts, and it is difficult, and and sometimes we do struggle with doubt, but we must give it to the Lord every day. Every day. You know, growing up, we used to sing at the invitation of uh, our, our, our services this song that is a good song, but we sang it so often, it seemed as if every Sunday it was kind of the token invitation song, I surrender all. And then at camps, oftentimes, they would finish off the final service with that song, I Surrender All, and you would maybe go forward and throw a stick in the fire and say, hey, I'm going to give this to God and surrender. We turn the lights on to surrender, but then it seems as if three or four weeks later, we just turn the lights off, go back on decisions, maybe even as early as Monday morning after we left the services and just felt so close to God. Oftentimes, we feel that way when we come to church. Just This just seems to be an easy place to surrender. But then Monday comes and Tuesday comes and Wednesday comes. And it's almost as if we feel as if we have to wait till Sunday to surrender again. But you know what I've learned? Surrender is not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Struggles that you have in your lives... It's not Sunday to Sunday. It's not survival. It's every day surrendering to God, knowing you can't make it through another day in this particular thing you're struggling with without giving it to God. Whatever uncertainty you have, whatever pain you're going through, I surrender, God. Today, I surrender. Just give it to God. My life belongs to you, Lord. My life is in your hands. Trusting Him with that. I I, I love my morning devotions, and it's amazing. I'll I'll get a devotional, and I'll like it so much that I'll add it to my list of devotionals that I read along with the scriptures, and I'm up to four. Pray for me that I could eliminate some of these. They're so good, though. And this past week, I was reading through my devotionals, and I came across this one, and it was so perfect for the sermon. I want to read you, if you don't mind, what, what God gave me this week. I think it just has a lot to do with understanding surrender. I once heard a story about a captain of a ship who looked into the dark night and saw faint lights in the distance. Without hesitation, the captain told his sing- signal man to send a message. Adjust your course 10 degrees south. Instantly, a return message came back. Adjust your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angry. His command had been ignored. So he sent a second message, adjust your course 10 degrees south, I am the captain. Soon, another message was received, adjust your course 10 degrees north, I am seaman third class Jones. Immediately, the captain sent a third message and a final message, knowing the fear it would arouse, adjust your course 10 degrees south, I am a battleship. Then the reply came, adjust your course 10 degrees north, I am a lighthouse. He goes on to say it's human nature to kick against authority so where does submission come from we must first go to the cross with a broken and contrite heart we must set our pride aside and put on the surrendering spirit of Christ the same submissive spirit that Jesus took to the cross for us we are all in a position where we must fully surrender to someone maybe a parent a spouse an employer but most importantly to God himself. It's difficult. Yes, of course it is. But Jesus submitted to the Father and endured the cross. Therefore, if we keep Jesus as the reason and the only reason for surrender, we can have a peace that passes all understanding. God gave me that this week and I wanted to share that with you. Listen, sometimes we, we, we get welled up with pride and feel as if we've got control of this and we know what's best for us. It's a dangerous place to be. Pride comes before destruction. Scripture teaches. Let's remove that haughty spirit from ourselves and let's yield ourselves, submit ourselves to Christ. So number one, she surrendered when it was difficult. Number two, she surrendered when there were doubts. Number three, and oh man, this one hits really close to home. She surrendered not knowing the details. Any detail people here? Anybody like that? She surrendered not knowing the details. She didn't have it all planned out. She didn't know... Everything that was going to happen. I'm sure if Mary was anything like me, you know, she would want to know Okay, I've got 47 questions, right? So when is Joseph gonna find out? So when exactly does Jesus find out he's actually God's son? like what age? I mean, how does all this work out? And what's what's going to happen? Can you fill me in on a few things before I commit to this? I've just got some questions But Mary surrendered not knowing the details God doesn't work that way. Mary couldn't have handled the details. And neither can you. Can you imagine? Think about 2020. I mean, how many of us starting off this year on New Year's 2020, if we would have known what would have happened, we couldn't have handled it. But here we are, almost finished with it. And we look back and see how God has guided us through his purpose in all of this. How he's leading us and guiding us and supplying for us and meeting our needs. Amen. Surrender. Not knowing the details. Don't surrender to God when you get all the information and know exactly where everything is going. Just surrender. And then we learn from Mary that she surrendered when it was difficult. She surrendered when there were doubts. She surrendered not knowing the details. And finally, she surrendered to God's will by faith. Doesn't it always come back to faith? Isn't that amazing? It always seems to come back to just believing God. Just trusting God. God said it, and I believe it, and this is going to settle it. I just, I'm just, i just going to trust Him. What did she believe God about? Well, she believed she was who God said she was. God said, didn't He, that, that she would be highly favored, and she just believed God. She also believed that God... What God said would happen, would happen. And did it happen? Yes, it happened exactly how God said it would happen. And here we are, 2,000 plus years later, still worshiping God as the Son of God and the Son of Man. Born of a virgin to Mary. I want you to take a moment with me and and just reflect on your life right now. Here we are at the end of 2020. There's one more Sunday left. We're nearing the end of an incredibly odd and unique year. A lot of crazy things have happened this year, but to be honest with you, I'm not so sure it's been much crazier than any other year. I mean, life's just unpredictable. Things happen suddenly, unexpectedly, financially, to our families health things happen, things we have to just deal with that we didn't expect to deal with. Could I ask you right now, in, in this moment of surrender, I want to ask you this question. What might it be in your life that God is asking you to surrender to him today? What is it? What is it right now? Let's make it personal, individually. What is it right now in your life that God is asking you to surrender? I'm not asking that question just by chance. But th- th- this question has been on my heart all week. I know I've had a little advantage. I know I've, I've had more time to prepare an answer. But, but would you begin to pray right now? God, show me what it is. That you want me to surrender in my life. That I'm holding on to. That I'm wrestling you. I'm staring you down. I'm I'm holding on to this God. But you know it's going to change. I'm going to learn right now from Mary. The example of surrendering all. And God it's not just going to be Sunday. December the 20th. It's going to be the 21st and the 22nd and the 23rd, and for the rest of my life. And God, it's not going to be easy. And God, I want you to be prepared. I'm going to doubt sometimes whether or not I really should have. So I need your help. But today, God, I'm surrendering this. I'm giving it all. And start feeling that freedom. The freedom of just knowing that God has got this. You're in his hands. He's in control. It's going to work out. And if you obey his word, it's always going to be a good decision. It's never a bad idea to do what God said to do. Just surrender. So again, what might it be in your life that God is asking you to surrender to him today? Maybe there's somebody here today that God is asking you to surrender your life for the very first time. To become for God to become the Lord of Lords and King of Kings in your life you'd accept Jesus Christ his son and the penalty he paid on the cross for your sins to become your savior today maybe though others have accepted Christ and it's something you're holding on to you, you need to let go of this and let God take control whatever the situation is in a moment as we respond in song and in prayer would you would you experience the freedom that can only come in surrender and I want to just say thank you. Thank you for, for listening over these past four weeks and for learning with me lessons from these four different people and people groups in the Christmas story. It's an amazing thing to journey through the Word of God together. 51 weeks. Next week, 52. Pastor Jeremy's going to preach next week, finish us off for the year. It's going to be awesome. And we'll have finished another year of going to church together. But I wonder if there's still some business that God has to do with you and with me before the year's over. Could it be that God wants us to surrender something we're holding on to? Let's bow, shall we, for prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. I'm going to pray over you and then we're just going to stand together and let God work. Father, we trust, Lord Jesus, that you would take Lord, these words, this passage, this message, this lesson, God, that we would learn from Lord, our text today, our example today, Lord, Mary's example of surrender. Father, I pray that we would let go of that which we're holding on to. That, God, we would just quit wrestling and fighting, struggling. Just trust, God, that you have our best interest in mind. May we obey. May we bow the knee. Just bow the knee and surrender. Father, help me. Help me personally in the areas of my life that I struggle with, holding on to things, constantly wanting to know the answers and the details. Oh, Jesus, I pray that, Lord, I would just live by faith. God, I ask you to help me, Lord, to finish this year in full surrender to you. That 2021 might be, Lord, a year of victory for all of us. I love you, Jesus, and I love our church, and I love our people, and even our guests that have come today. Deal with us very, very, very sweetly and graciously, as you always do. Convict us, God, where we need to be convicted, and may we yield and submit and embrace your will for our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we stand together?